Oh, oh, PC. Hey, hey that's, that's cool. cool. You got a podcast? Well, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that. Oh, that's cool. Now you do. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back. Oh, that's cool. OTC's very own podcast and all the amazing people we work with uh, over there at Ozarks Technical Community College. I, of course, am Jared Durden, and with me as always is Andrew Crocker. For those in the room, and we have, I would say, the majority of the people in the room, it surprises me, not OTC people. It's the majority of the people in the room, not OTC people. I am a political science instructor. I'm teaming up here with a physics instructor. Most people, they I get emails occasionally from people wanting to collaborate departments, sometimes sociology, sometimes history. Never physics. I never get an email from physics people saying we should work together and do something jointly. So we'll have to figure out the, 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 the connection point between those two. We've worked it out a little bit. A little bit like here, I guess. But I don't know how much physics anything we do here. This is just me sweating over technology for 30 minutes. Well, if if you if you if you haven't heard it, uh, there is an episode. Uh, 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 what was what was that gentleman's name? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Casey. Casey. Patrick Casey. That was, I think, the most physics we yes, ever got. That's right. Yeah. In an episode. That's right. Are you feeling very professionally developed? Uh, or developed I, professionally? I did not get here until oh. last night. Man, you so have. This is actually ha- my first MCCA. Well, allow me ever. for allow me for a moment, because first of all, for anybody listening not live, we are simulcasting. We are actually presenting as we speak to at the Missouri Community College Association convention in Union Station in St. Louis. That's probably important context, right? I would like to provide that. So uh, uh, well, we're kind of talking to the audience here, and if you're listening, uh, uh, and I want to talk about that idea a little bit because uh, part of what we're going to talk about is imagination which is this idea uh, I'm going to define it as uh, going beyond space and time right but it's going to be this important concept that that comes up because what we're really here to talk about uh, is not only uh, the podcast and kind of how we do it and how the sausage is made but kind of an argument for why if you don't have uh, uh, a podcast going on at your college why you might or if you don't have a podcast at your uh, professional uh, organization like, I don't know, MCCA, there might be a reason for it. And because uh, what we're going to talk about really is asynchronous community building and why that's so important. Uh, and so... Might you be able to click us through, sir? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my clicker doesn't click. There we, there go. we go. So, uh, uh, of course, you, you kind of just heard what our introduction looks like, or sounds like, I guess I should say. And so what we are uh, is a bi-monthly podcast. Uh, Andrew and I get together uh, and we record uh, two episodes a month, usually. Um, it goes out every two weeks. That's, that's, that's semi-monthly. No, no, that'd be bi- Bi-monthly is once every two months. That is incorrect. Okay. All right. Well, it, 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 I will. I will let history be the judge on that one. You can look this up. I and I argue with people about this all the time. But bi-monthly is the correct way to say it. Because a lot of people will say bi-weekly, saying that's every two weeks. Uh, no, that's twice a week. Because it's like biannually. How many times is bi? I respect your ability to like justify your prefixes, but it is. I'm saying it that's is a good example. Semi. If semi you means argue half. With that example, you can okay. argue with that yeah. example. Yeah. All right. Anyways. 
So uh, uh, what we do really is we, we kind of had this idea. Um, it, it, Andrew and I met in uh, uh, OTC has this leadership uh, kind of seminar uh, where they give us an opportunity really to, to kind of network and meet with um, and learn more about uh, kind of the back end, the behind the scenes, th- things that instructors, for, from my perspective anyways, wouldn't normally get to see. But the biggest part of that was really just getting to meet all these people. And it happened during COVID. And so during this this shutdown, I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, we we didn't really get to see each other. And and Andrew and myself, um, I think, are kind of extroverts. And so uh, not being able to, to be around people really kind of inspired this idea. And once we got the chance to, made us just want to do it more and more and more. And so it first really started out selfishly with, I just wanted to continue meeting people I didn't know. Um, and so we started inviting people from around the college um, and just we, we interview and we talk about who they are. Usually the episodes are kind of uh, around a certain theme. So we, we, we'll, we'll pick someone. It can be faculty, administration, staff, anybody that works at the college, um, preferably uh, someone that I've never met before, uh, which it turns out is a lot of people. Um, and so when we get together and talk, um, we like to give them kind of a, a question. So we, we try to pick something that they feel like they're an expert in just to make them comfortable. Um, and then uh, Andrew and I can't help but uh, do this delightfully poke. playful banner that you're witnessing now. Yeah, poke and prod is what I would say. Poke and prod. We poke and prod. That's true. Yeah. Love, lovingly. So there's a little theory here. So if you'll let the physicists in me talk about this for just a second. When I talk about community building, I want to bring into a, a, a context, a lens. So if you, if you haven't read Wenger's um, uh, uh, Community of Practice, um, it kind of gives this lens for thinking about um, how uh, uh, when we build community, when we act as a community, um, there's a way to kind of model it. And I'm focusing on this idea of imagination, um, and I don't want to—I don't want to bore you with too many details, but I do want to invite you to check out this book, and, and maybe uh, we'll come back and, and get into this a little bit more detail. But I'm talking about imagination because one of the functions we found that the podcast does, and I'm going to give you an example of what I mean uh, by how imagination is used, is used here. So as a community practice, as, as a college, you have all these people, different people with all these different positions. Um, and so the example I like to use is uh, imagine two people who their job is cutting stones, right? And so a good example of imagination in terms of identities of participation, I feel like I'm an active and, and productive part of this com- community of practice versus identities of non-participation, I don't feel like an active member of this community. You ask one stone cutter, hey, what do you do? What's your job? And they say, oh, I cut stones. You ask the other stone cutter and they say, oh, I'm building a cathedral. And so that's an identity of participation that says that my job is part of this larger function, right? And at the college, my example was, and what I learned in this, in this kind of leadership camp, no matter who I talked to, I heard, oh, I'm here for students, right? My job is to help students. And so it, it kind of put into context to me what, this, what a college's uh, a community of practice really is. And so imagination is the idea that outside of time and space, asynchronously, we can foster that and we can build community by uh, uh, not only humanizing the people we work with, but helping people to identify with each other. And one of the side effects that's kind of happened is, uh, for instance, uh, I never knew Oki and now we say hi in the hall, right? And it kind of gives permission for people to start to be a community. And a lot of times I find that that's what we need more than anything. We just need permission, right? And can I, can I speak to the fact, first of all, you said that 
<clears throat> extremely eloquently. I would like to speak to the fact that several podcast alumni are with us in the room, which I think speaks the to the fact that this flimsy pretext to meet people that we don't know is really effective, or at least <laughs> somewhat effective, at building a community from which we don't have. And to be honest with you, and we'll have a guest that can speak to this as well, I, we're instructors. And so sometimes I feel a little bit like a satellite operating, doing my thing. And <clears throat> it's not until we have these professional development opportunities that I'm kind of, I see the, I see the community. I see every part of the chain of command. I see every part of the sausage making process as it's, it's, it, it's you you do lose yourself in the moment and just cut in the stone. So a great metaphor, first of all. Uh, I would like to take credit for it. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give that uh, that to Wenger. Uh, yeah, and so um, not only that, but I'm glad you brought up professional development because this is the other piece that I see and something that um, we do a little bit of, but we could definitely expand on. Um, as kind of I have this loftier goal of building more of a network of podcasts. Um, so in the next year, I'm starting a student group um, that is uh, basically a podcasting club, um, which just advocates and provides a platform for students to produce their own content. Um, but I want to do that with faculty, too. And I've got a couple people kind of on the edge of maybe thinking about it. Um, and so what's going to be important is having some physical space um, where this equipment's ready to go, right? Because not only do we need permission, sometimes we need the tools. Um, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, uh, for, for someone's day-to-day -day job, uh, this isn't that complicated once it's there, once you know what's going on. Um, and so uh, what that looks like in the future, we'll, we'll kind of build on. But the idea is, I think this could be a means of uh, thinking about how we do professional development, right? Thinking about how, say, we had a professional group like MCCA, and we wanted to continue and, and build community asynchronously throughout the year. What about a regular podcast that's hosted where people have the opportunity to feel, to imagine that they're part of this larger community? Because I love coming to these events. I get the same kind of you know uh, excitement and, and it gets me jazzed up. But there's no reason why that can't happen when I'm driving home in my car or I'm working out. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think we've got a lot of opportunities to do that. Um, it just is going to take a little bit of, of infrastructure. Is that fair? I think that's a great way of saying it. So speaking of, how uh, 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 is the sausage made? Um, this is our uh, um, logo. We also have a theme song. Um, if I was cleverer, I would have actually started that so you could hear it live. You should have brought a guitar. You're a musician. You could have just played it. Uh, th actually, that one I didn't play. That was, that was my good buddy who's a much better you musician. You could cover it. I've seen you perform. Let's, let's, let's move on. Okay. And so again, uh, uh, you know, when we talk about not only imagination, but alignment, but kind of, you know, this isn't just kind of a flash in the pants. Sure, we are having fun, but this is a real podcast. We're on Spotify. Uh, we are the number one <laughs> podcast <laughs> on community colleges right. in Southwest Missouri. <laughs> That's, right. That's no joke. Right now, our average listening base, we're around 65, but it's growing consistently. Yeah. <laughs> We've been at it for a year, and that average is increasing because this stuff does take time. Our, our first uh, ever podcast, Jennifer Bump, 200 <laughs> listeners, our largest so far. But I found out, do you know why that's going up? Um, why? She is assigning it as a, a project in class where students can listen to <laughs> Why is that funny? I would have <laughs> asked more interesting questions if I had known this was... If I had known that was an assignment. 
Well, to be fair, that 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 episode specifically was a, a, a question about history, so yeah. so it applies to the classroom. Uh, but again, it, thinking about what else can we do with podcasts, right? Um, as we expand, not only thinking about our community practice as as us, as our faculty, staff, and administration, but as our students too, right? Um, and, and and all of this is about kind of bringing us together and, and working out some of the more human side of things, right? Um, and, and, and again, uh, uh, are we perfect at it? No, but I think we're getting better. So uh, some of the things you need, you're of course gonna need equipment. Um, the equipment ranges uh, uh, in price, but I guarantee you have probably at your college uh, a, a, an EMP program or an IT program or someone who's got this equipment somewhere and it doesn't need to be the greatest. We record everything on a laptop with a free program called Audacity. You do need a, a way to publish this stuff. Um, I use Buzzsprout. Um, it's basically an RSS feed. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a site where I upload the material and then they distribute it. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, something called Deezer, which I have not figured out yet. Uh, and we also upload it to YouTube. So if you don't want to start off with that whole RSS feed, if you want to do it completely gorilla and free, you can just upload, start a YouTube channel. Um, uh, but again, this is also something that students can get involved with, right? This is something that, that students, depending on their program, and, and we see an array of, of, of kind of uh, programs that can be involved everywhere from art uh, to media to uh, uh, public speaking, right? Um, and so... There is a little bit of mixing that comes to this as well. And if you're interested in this, and I hope I hear from you, uh, I'm going to make sure that you have my email address. I want to help if you are wanting to start one at your college, I will help you out and do that. The, the Using the Audacity program, there is just a little bit you want to do to make it sound good. Um, and it really is this simple process. Once you know how to do it. Um, uh, it's a piece of cake. They also do sell equipment that's just kind of a, a one-off. So it's everything contained. Um, it records. It, it, it's ready to go on a USB drive. Um, and I think that's around the $1,500 range. Well said. Thank you. So what podcast are you going to make? Any ideas? Let us help kind of inspire you a little bit. So we're going to show you what it really looks like. We have a guest with us today. So we have brought uh, uh, Brian Milner, who is the president of MCCA. How are you today, sir? Hey, welcome. Thank you. I'm great. Can you speak to a little bit of what we've been talking about? This podcast was germinated by the idea that as instructors, we, like I said, we feel like satellites. We're, we're kind of out there on our own with students and then this podcast and a few other professional opportunities allows us to enmesh more in the community. You're, the office, the MCC office is very, uh, not a lot of people staffing there. Right. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel that way yourself? And then you get to these conventions and you're like, okay, this is the embodiment of. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, you know, we had some students come speak last night and um, that's when I feel it the most, right? Is we're uh, stuck in Jeff City in an office building, uh, not on a campus. Absolutely. When I get here and when I get to hear students speak, uh, it reminds me of, you know, why the work we do is important and, and uh, kind of, you know, allows us to hit refresh and, and uh, refocus on, on kind of thinking about why we're here. Can you provide us just a quick ABCs of what it is you do in your position? Yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you what MCCA does. That's probably a little more interesting and, and um, you know, 
you know, being uh, running the organization is, is just kind of making sure all those things are happening. So the association does three big things. I'd say the first is uh, all of our legislative advocacy. That's the biggest piece of the puzzle. Um, so we advocate on behalf of all 12 of Missouri's public community colleges at the state and federal level. So uh, ongoing funding, uh, A plus and, and other programs like that. Um, and then we provide professional development. So this conference that we're all attending, uh, a webinar series that we do, uh, any kind of um, specific uh, day-long um, professional development opportunities. We put on a student affairs seminar, things like that. And the third is anything that is sort of cost-saving, cost-sharing, where we can, um, you know, where there's a benefit to bringing multiple community colleges together. And probably the best example is that we've been successful uh, in, in managing about four big federal grants um, where we have a consortium of colleges, you know, 9, 10, 11 of our colleges may be participating. And, and right now we have a $12 million U.S. Department of Labor grant to expand apprenticeships and advanced manufacturing. Yeah, um, so you and I have known each other for several years. Mm-hmm. I, I teach um, government and politics. And so I have I let me officially ask your permission now, even though I've been using your picture for years. I use you in my lecture. Okay. And I when we talk about interest groups and lobbying. Okay. And I was there are several different types of lobbying organizations. One of them is like professional associations, which is people in the field lobbying, and of course MCCA fits that description. Mm-hmm. And then I pop up a picture of you. I was like, Do you know who this guy is? And <laughs> zero students running. Of course. I've not a single student ever has known who you are. Nope. That sounds right. And they, uh, they're like, I don't know. And they're like, you should know him more because he does a ton of work to make sure that the room we're in stays air conditioned and the lights stay on and that we stay f- as staffed as we possibly can. I think you're giving me too much credit. I, <laughs> so, I appreciate the sentiment. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I tell them because uh, I'm on the faculty advisory board of MCCA and uh, the idea is the organization goes to Jeff City and says, please don't cut our funding, please please and you know mixed results some years but i just want past year very very positive in the mm-hmm. terms of the yield we've seen from the legislature would you like to talk for a minute or two about that sure yeah absolutely the last two years um i'd say have been uh, by say far and away our most successful um certainly in the last two decades um so a statistic that i sort of always keep in my mind is that in 2001 or so uh, as community colleges, we received about $150 million in appropriations from the state of Missouri. And in 2021, we received about $150 million in the state of, uh, from the state of Missouri. And over these last two legislative sessions, um, we've seen about a 20% increase in state funding. Um, and, you know, we should be much further ahead. Um, had, the, had the amount of funding that we received in 2001 kept pace with inflation, the amount we'd be getting from the state should be about $250 million, $240 million, something like that, uh, and we're like at $175. Um, so there's obviously you know, an argument to be made that we're still uh, significantly underfunded, um, but we're grateful for what the legislature's done the last couple of years, for sure. Yeah. So I've always kind of been curious, and, and, and Andrew can probably speak to this too, but what's kind of the process if an instructor or someone uh, at the college is interested in being more involved in kind of the the the, the uh, committee side of, of MCCA? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, so, we're kind of kind of figuring that out now. Still, yep. yeah, yeah. So there are a couple ways. Um, faculty uh, for faculty, there's certainly some room for growth, and I think that's part of what Andrew's talking to is. Um, 
years ago, uh, 10, 12 years ago, and before that, MCCA was uh, governed by uh, a board of directors that was comprised of uh, individuals from various parts of the organization and then from all 12 community colleges. And um, there, was, there was kind of a shift, and so MCCA is governed now by uh, the 12 community college presidents and chancellors. And so there's, there still remained um, a, a group known as this advisory board, and we've been involved in some conversations recently about um, w- what the role of that group is going to be, how to get uh, folks interested in volunteering and kind of supporting the organization. And one of the things that we've really kind of set as a goal over the last few years is to increase professional development. So I think the easiest way um, and the thing that I hope we'll be able to do more of is create some open lines of communication, um, have you know opportunities for suggestions for what kind of things might be useful for MCCA to lead in terms of professional development, and, um, and I think continue to bring together um, individuals in kind of similar capacities within their college. And, and just last night, you know, all this stuff happens organically, and, and it's, that's going to, you know, my favorite part of the convention is, you know, there's a lot of networking and, and discussion back and forth about, you know, how can we do what we're doing better. And I had somebody approach me last night, and, and they said, you know, we want to start a group of deans. You know, like there's, there's nothing for at the dean level, you know, to interface, to interact with our uh, colleagues from across the state. And, uh, and he said, you know, what if we get a group of deans together to um, kind of do some of that networking? And so that's, that's kind of how it happens, I think, uh, organically. So, you know, my suggestion, the best way, um, certainly uh, attending, you know, our conference and attending, uh, you know, some of the other professional development things we're doing. Uh, Brian, are you aware that teamwork makes the deans work? <laughs> oh. hey, Andrew, I was going to ask you. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what would you name a podcast by deans for deans? Um. Hashtag Dean Force. I don't know. Just the word Dean is a lot of fun to say. It is. It's a very fun word. Did you ever watch Community? I did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Uh, can I, Brian? Did you ride the Ferris wheel? I yes, I've ridden it a couple times. It's, it's kind of a nice Ferris wheel. It's You're really enclosed. Nice. There's a heater on. Yep. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. very cool. In fact, I love this. Uh, last year we um, had this convention in Branson, but this year Union Station in, in St. Louis. What a great location. I mean, um, <laughs> it. And I think we were sharing the convention. Who is the sharing across the way from us? It's been like railroads or something, right? Yeah, the like, Railway Federation of America, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are, I hope, fixing America's railway impending union strike. Yeah. I hope, yeah. yeah. I, let's, let's hope that while we're here, the American economy does not collapse and we're podcasting it in real time. Right. I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> so, um, one soft pitch here, and I'm sure there's a lot uh, uh, to this that, that I'm just, you know, don't know enough about. But uh, uh, one issue and the reason why I was only able uh, to come today is, uh, is there any chance of this kind of moving or shifting or has it ever been more towards the weekend, which would allow for more faculty members to be able to attend? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that it's ever been on a weekend. It's normally Wednesday through Friday. Um, we had to shift some things around this year. Long story, probably not worth our time for you know why that is. So we're Tuesday through Thursday this year, um, but I think it's something we could certainly explore. Uh, I don't know what the interest level is in people giving up their weekends, but if it's if it's high, that's certainly something we'd be happy to accommodate. And, and that's fair too, right? And, and 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 oftentimes we we don't know until we until we take a shot at it. But um, but I know that is a, a real issue, right? Because yeah. faculty members need to be in their classrooms, and then they're making a decision between attending this and. 
I would have loved to come yesterday, but it, we're you know a, a week away from the end, and my my physics students are doing two dimensional vector algebra, and they just need me. Oh my gosh, they need me there. Yeah, right. That, that seems like they should be able. to The do students that on themselves their own. were like, "Please stay. <laughs> Let us do two dimensional vector." They do get excited. Uh, about it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, uh, the other question I was kind of interested in, um, you know, as a teacher, uh, what kind of function um, does uh, MCCA play, or is there kind of a component for uh, future teachers? So, do you, do you see student kind of engagement of being, you know, starting professional development um, uh, uh, at as an undergrad? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good question. We haven't really done anything um, in that space before. Um, I think there used to be more student involvement. We we have a we have a student leadership event, um, but that's more about sort of being politically engaged and and kind of the civics part of it, right? Um, so more on Andrew's side of things, not necessarily uh, creating a pipeline of teachers specifically. Um, yeah, but that's an interesting that's an interesting thought. I actually I'm uh, and I may get myself in trouble for talking about this uh, publicly, um, but I was approached by a legislator just last week who wants to have the state um, allow uh, allow students to be certified as teachers in two years. Uh, and it's, you know, he basically said, like, Tennessee has started to do this uh, in a three-year apprenticeship sort of program. And he said, you know, we've got to get new teachers in the classroom. And um, that'd be, you know, more on the K-12 side, not necessarily college faculty. But yeah, uh, I, I, we'll see where it goes. He's really gung-ho about it. And I think it, you know, it'll be a controversial uh, issue to say the least uh, yeah. in the capital, but um, yeah, I don't know, we'll see what happens. And there's no reason why those two groups wouldn't benefit from functioning together, right? But both looking at K through 12 and, and and college, you know, where they just overlap as instructors. Right? Yep. Um, fantastic. So uh, something we like to ask our guests just to kind of get to know them uh, a little bit better: um, Who is someone uh, in your life or uh, someone at any point in time that you've been inspired by or look up to? Oh gosh, sure. Um, there's a long. There's, there's a long, eight. There's eight billion people on the planet. Yeah, right. I, I should be able to think of one. Yeah, give me, give uh, me one. Right. No, we we have accepted top three before too. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you. We'll keep it sort of work specific since that's kind of the direction that we're going. Is um, at I would say a pretty young age. One of my basically first jobs out of college was with a lobbying firm. It's the lobbying firm that we contract with at MCCA, and it's led by a gentleman named John Barget. And um, you know, there may be no more respected lobbyist in Missouri than John. Um, and so, I, I include him. I would include him for sure uh, on that list. Um, he offered me a job for four months, uh, one legislative session, basically, to sort of get my feet wet and see where things would go from there. And I ended up working for him for four years. Uh, and he, you know, still work with him now in this role as we contract with them. And he taught me a lot, not only about the political process, but how to sort of operate in a very divisive um, space, right? And so, and and to do so without having to pick sides. And so, I, I still approach my work uh, in that way, right? I don't really care Democrat Republican. You know, in this space, I need to find people who are community college supporters and lean on them and not get into the muck of the you know 
small p politics of it. That's kind of the benefit of working with the organization you're working for. And really, most interest groups, they tend to be scalpels for policy change Mm -hmm. rather than what political parties tend to be, which is kind of like broad swords, trying to push everything in a particular ideological direction. You don't have to, like you said, staying out of the muck is valuable for that because Mm -hmm. really you're just a, a, a critical part that affects everything in society, but really the change you're looking to enact tends to be a lot more surgical. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can touch on it a little bit. Could you, would you mind if you're comfortable with it, just kind of walking us through a little bit of your history, like how you got to where you are and kind of the, the, the path, the leadership path you took. As yeah. Took? How did this sausage get yeah, made? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So most of it is by accident. I, I sort of joke that um, right place, right time is sort of my professional story, I think. Um, so I moved back home uh, here in St. Louis, actually, after college and uh, didn't know what I was going to do. I'd studied psychology in undergrad and I wanted to do trauma counseling. That was that was the path I thought that I was headed on. And um, I had a, a friend who was working on a political campaign and they said, we need a fundraiser and um, you'll get hired if you just show up to the interview. And so I did and started working on I worked on a couple of political campaigns. I worked for the mayor of the city of St. Louis for a couple of years. And then that was when I. Um, got hired by by John Barget, and so I, I knew I'd kind of had had an interest in government relations. He took me under his wing, uh, worked there, like I said, for about four years. Spent a little bit of time at the University of Missouri, and um, and then uh, it was I guess we'll just we'll tell the whole uh, honest story, which is Mizzou had had kind of gone through some challenges and lots of leadership changes there, and uh, a Friday on Friday afternoon. Uh, they, had, they had this big press event, and they had had to let go about 200 people, and I was still employed at the university and thought, okay, things are great. And uh, I got a phone call from actually from Dr. Cliff Davis, and my predecessor uh, in this role announced he was leaving the same day, and Cliff called me and said, um, we think you should apply. And I went home and talked about it with my wife, and Monday morning I showed up to work and was told that I was no longer going to have a job at the university. And so it was a little bit fortuitous. It made the decision pretty easy to come back into the MCCA family and um, I've been here for a little over five years uh, and I wouldn't trade any of it so yeah that's it's a like I said some of it was right place right time it's a a pretty common tale right I mean uh, I think a lot of the people that we've talked to there's always this certain amount of serendipity that takes place right I know there was yeah for me yeah so um we really do strive to be taken seriously as a podcast. Um, and so we, we do a little bit of research as well. Um, and uh, really this is, this question's more about, you know, our, our culture, uh, our time period. This, it, it may even be considered a little bit political. Gumby versus Mr. Ed battle to the death. Who wins and why? Oh, see, uh, do you I'm, know, first of all, do you know the characters? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, okay. so I, I have to say Gumby, um, and, and it's actually because for a long time I had a, I had a advisor in youth group in high school who taught me what he referred to as the Gumby principle to be flexible. <laughs> Please go on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so that, I mean, that's the principle and I, and I live by it to this day and I reference it all the time. So if I'm ever asked to pick between Gumby and anything else, which I, this is the first, but it will, you know, into the future, that will be the case. Oh, it won't be the last. No, for sure. It won't be the last. Uh, I'm going Gumby because of the the Gumby principle of be flexible. 
Andrew, uh, is this the best day of your life? Uh, yeah, we could shut the podcast down. Okay. I, I've been, we've been asking this for a year plus. Year plus. We started in March of I have been Team Gumby the entire time. I continue to be. I, I find your analysis lacking. There, oh, there, no. we, we, have you considered... Have you considered the abilities of Mr. Ed before you do it? I don't want you to weaken my position through your lack of consideration. So. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. No, I, I hadn't. Uh, t- I could tell me, like, expand on that. What he, other, he's what a horse. Right. But he has the of ability course. to speak. Right. I don't know how that helps him in battle. Yeah, Maybe he, he tells Gumby, I'm coming this way, but goes that way. It is a pretty sharp wit. You know, he speaks with a, with a sharp yeah. tongue. So... Does that affect your analysis in any no, way? No, I, no, I, I know the show. I mean, I, yeah. But what about his no, ability I, to surf? Oh yeah, in but in battle again, I, no. I don't. I, I, this is where you're losing me. It we seems know. like it seems like the horse would be better suited for the flight of fight or flight. He's he's out of there. Sure, but I, I mean, it would if there was some kind of water-based battle between the two. Hold on, let me surf into action. So we're actually retiring Brian, this question. We are. Thank you for sending it. I'm, can we stop now? Because we need to send. We need to send this question into the sunset. This is the last time. Finally, we're got the man himself. This will be to, our last podcast of the year. Yeah, that's great. I and so to to retire it too, I want to take a poll here. So uh, if you believe uh, Gumby would win in this battle, please raise your hand. No, oh, I regret this. I've showed my cards. I've shown my cards. That's got to be. I really appreciate how serious some of you looked while you had your hand up. Uh, and uh, hands up for Mr. Ed. 40, 30 percent of the room? 19, oh, 19 to 7. We could, you know, this is an audio medium. We could have done it like parliamentary procedure, like say I for those. And then just say, listen to the, to the decibels. That's right. Yeah. If, if anything, we are a democratic podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're a pod. Yeah. For the people, by the people. That's right. We need to come up with a new question. Uh, was it Sarah that proposed uh, ALF versus ET? <laughs> I think, uh, Miss, Mrs. Bargo, I, I think so. I think. I think. That's a good question. What would you say to the Oh, my goodness. ALF versus we're, ET? We're back here. Do you? Um, <laughs> I know both. Yes. Okay. I, I, yeah. You're. Um, we know Alf has teeth strong enough to rip through cats. Yeah, we know that. That's true. I would, I would give E.T. his hiding ability, I feel like, specifically in closets and, and things like that, under he, sheets. Like Drew Barrymore has to dress him, though. So. Okay, right. That's, that's fair. So with Drew Barrymore's assistance, I'm going to E.T. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. <laughs> I, uh, you feel free next time you're in an office in Jeff City talking to a legislator. Just mm-hmm. if you're, how many icebreakers you, do you yeah, need? You can do you, use that. I, right. you, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this this really is. I, I for me, it's. I, I've I've asked people this question since I was in high school, and it really is kind of. It, to me, it tells me a little bit about the person. Like I get something. Like I, I feel like I know you a little bit better because, you know, not only the answer that you give, but it really tells me when people are. Super, super passionate about the answer, right? Like, uh, which I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, not that I don't enjoy your answer as well, but I, I, I get to know people. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm starting to advocate. I think maybe we shouldn't retire because I feel like every time I'm like, ah, we're going to retire, uh, there's too much applause. Like, <laughs> this is, I mean, Fair this enough. This is important. Yeah. 
So I'm, I, I want to kind of uh, uh, end things. Like I said, we usually kind of do this bigger theme question. Um, and uh, uh, for me, I, I'm really cu- a little more curious about, um, from your perspective, what do you wish more faculty administration and staff knew about the political side of what MCCA does and uh, kind of the role of, uh, of politics in college? Yeah. Um, and, and by that, I mean kind of the legislative yeah, side, right? Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, on its surface, I, I don't I don't know that there's that there's anything. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll say to Andrew's sort of example with his students, I mean, I, I'm OK. I, I, I'm I'm happy with the fact that your students don't know or have to know who I am. Um, I, I believe in the work that we do and, and we sort of operate in this interesting space because you're right we'll you know we're not going to have that student interaction um and so from that perspective you know i hope we keep doing the good work that we're doing um you know and in some ways that the faculty and staff and students don't have to know how that sausage is made right um i'll sort of feel like we, we might have failed at some point if we if we get to that point right that everybody's like well where was mcca when when this happened or that happened and you know why didn't anybody stop it so um, because because there's there's a ton of those bills, um, you know, every year, and sometimes we talk about them more publicly, and sometimes we don't, um, you know. But but we've dealt with some issues where um, people propose things that are disastrous for community colleges. Um, one of those big things is is a plus. So a plus has a ton of supporters across the state, right? And it funds college education for thousands of students. And um, we, we're in a, an interesting spot with A plus because legislators are almost loving it to death. So they're so happy with A plus that they want to add to the program or tweak it in ways that would um, make it more costly, right? And there's a finite amount of resources, and and um, you know, so so those are the kind of things that that you know we're dealing with constantly. And I guess I would I would say just to answer your question, you know, I. I uh, I, I want faculty and staff and students to know that um, we're sort of always watching out for, uh, you know, things that are against the kind of betterment of the colleges, and um, and there are a lot of really, you know, I'll, I'll say unfortunate, really dumb ideas that get proposed. And get, uh, from the faculty perspective, can I speak to this? Yeah, I, I think too often people think it just happens that community college and its advances and the you know, reforms and all it, they just happen, but they don't just happen. There is a um, a statewide effort um, that is constant, that is working tirelessly to make it all happen, and that that's the one thing that I wish more people understood about it is is how much work goes into it and how much it directly impacts the colleges. And I just feel like a lot of folks um, do take that for granted, and I think that's a little bit something that we're trying to combat. Um, with faculty, just making them more aware of what MCCA does, and hopefully across the state over time we can do that. That's really kind. It, what comes to mind is uh, like Will Ferrell and Anchorman. So you want me to be more like, uh, <laughs> hey, everyone, come see how good I look? Yeah, is that, that's, that's right. what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I appreciate that. That that's that's very kind of you. Um, yeah, it, it's important work, and um, you know, we we certainly have had some huge accomplishments the last couple of years. Uh, between recurring funding and one-time funding for things like Mo Excel's projects, um, and and uh, ARPA uh, funding for other one-time workforce uh, projects, you know, we got about a hundred million dollars in new money last year, 
Um, so maybe that's the that's the bullet point. That's the one talking point that I'd say, you know, that's more money than we've ever had invested in one year in community colleges, probably in our history. Um, and I'm I'm really proud of that. And so you know, we don't necessarily have a you know flag that we're waving all the time, but uh, I'd certainly be happy to share that more often. Well, I. Uh I hope what what we were kind of able to do um, is if you're if you're listening uh, uh, at home or wherever you're at that you've you know a little bit more about MCCA you know a little bit more about uh, Brian uh, if you're sitting here with us uh, I hope you are a little bit inspired and if you needed permission to just get out and make something I'm giving you that permission right uh, uh, it, at the end of the day uh, it can be fun right uh, and and it and it always is for us. Um, and at the end of the day, um, it doesn't matter uh, how good it is, right? Uh, what matters, I think, more than anything um, is that when you take those risks, when you put yourself kind of out there and, and you make something, um, you're, you're, you're making it okay for other people to feel like they can do the same. Right. And, and we really are in a time, I feel like, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of this time where we had so much time to reflect um, and, and where we were so isolated that, you know, I, I see it kind of in everybody. People want to connect. Um, and so the kind of the more opportunities we create, um, because it's not only this asynchronous connection that's happening as people are listening to the podcast. When you're doing this, like me and Andrew are, you're getting out there and meeting people. This has stemmed all kinds of relationships and projects at the college, um, everywhere from uh, 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 the kind of um, some in- innovation grants that, that we've done um, at, at OTC um, to um, starting student groups um, and, and getting to, to know uh, people that normally a physics professor would just not run into. Um, what's your takeaway from today, Andrew? I think it's also I think they're also great ways of disseminating information in digestible ways. We have been approached um, a couple times by mm-hmm. administration over the last year saying we would really like to promote this. Can we send somebody to talk to you? And for the most part, they put them into our funhouse mirrors where we are, you know, getting to know them and deconstructing them and making them pit combat between fictional characters and but it's also a great opportunity to you know disseminate information in ways that don't just achieve the ends of the of the college but also i think enrich the faculty body so to speak and you know i speak from the faculty perspective but staff administration and so on and you know don't take our word for it listen to the episodes that's what you'll hear um uh, you know uh, faculty come on and talk about student groups uh, or talk about students um, uh, staff and administration both come on and, and talk about things they're passionate about, um, talk about uh, projects and things going on at the college. Um, so uh, uh, that being said, um, uh, we kind of we, we forgot to prep Brian for our closing phrase. If you, Brian, you say, uh, well, now you do. And you'll do that when we both kind of do this to you. We both gesture to you and you okay. say, now you do. Because okay. the whole point about this is that we are idiots, and we don't know any of the things that you talked about. And now I would call this quirky but lovable. <laughs> okay. And I, and if I may, I, I don't think you're idiots. I think actually you we, should, we should go back to earlier uh, the biweekly. I think you're both right. I think uh, yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it's both. either or. It's funner when we argue though. <laughs> Fair deal. Oh, but before we do, I have to say too. The other thing is, as I want to compliment and brag a little bit about my college. Uh, I I. 
I was told uh, uh, by someone in this room here uh, a few years ago that uh, we had a theme that was break a rule. And I have never been anything but supported when I try crazy stuff like this. Right. Um, and and just having that kind of openness and having that kind of space to create community. Uh, not only, you know, do we see outcomes like this, uh, I'm I'm a happier uh, faculty member. Right. Uh, for all of you faculty members, not to exclude anybody, our job is really hard. Right. Especially going through those last couple of years and kind of just knowing that if I want to do something like this because it's kind of for my sanity, I've had nothing but open doors and support. Uh, so uh, uh, a round of applause for OTC. Can we do that? At a <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'm taking sides. I really am. Uh, so let's try that again. So uh, uh, we learned a lot today, uh, 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 Andrew. Um, and frankly, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And now you do. All right. Thank, thank you, you so sir. much. Listen to the podcast. We're on Spotify, all that good stuff. Thank you for coming.